What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Each time a little thing happened, I was like, wow, I, I'm, I like that. I'm glad that that's there. Whether it was like a totally useless detail or, or filmmaking technique or something or, or a characterization or something about Star Wars or progression of an individual. There's just a lot of things in this that made me say, I really like this episode and to have a great time with it. It's just, like I said, a lot of fun. Welcome back, Basement Binge listeners, to another Mando Mini, Chapter 15. It feels like it was just a few days ago that I was recording a Mandalorian episode. Because it was. It, this one is one of the first to ever be recorded this early, the same day the episode was released, Friday. Which is exciting. Um, it's exciting to be a little less busy from work. People to devote my time to what I really enjoy. Anyway, on to the episode. Chapter 15. Episode... Five, excuse me, episode seven of this season. One last episode before the finale. Pretty crazy. So let's get into the spoiler wall. Spoiler-free reaction to the film, kind of thoughts about it. And uh, we'll go from there. So I, this was a fun episode. I really was kind of not sure what to expect. You know, I had my hypothesis about all these different Jedi's that could show up or characters that show up or different ways that it could go. But I kind of expected that more towards the end. And so this does not go in the direction of my hypothesis. It goes in the direction that the end of the previous episode, the actual Mandalorian episode hints at, um, which involves getting Mayfield to help them save Grogu. Um, and the way it kind of goes, I've heard some things around the people saying it's just a filler episode before the finale. It definitely is not. This is the most character focused episode we've got the entire season and it ends up working extremely well. It's a very, very touching episode. On top of that, all the things we're used to are there. The music is great. Potentially even my favorite out of the entire series, not just, I mean, besides the main theme, cause that's just unbeatable, but this anyway, great music. It still looks great. The action is also phenomenal. There's some really, really great action, actually. 
like I mentioned, it's a, it's a little more character focused and it excels at that. There's moments of really strong acting. Humor is also awesome. I was laughing a lot with this episode. It was a lot of fun just on a humor and kind of lighthearted aspect, but also just because of the things that were happening. It was just a great episode. There was a lot of little things that just each time a little thing happened, I was like, wow, I, I'm, I like that. I'm glad that that's there. Whether it was like a totally useless detail or, or filmmaking technique or something or, or a characterization or something about Star Wars or progression of an individual, there's just a lot of things in this that made me say, I really like this episode and to have a great time with it. It's just, like I said, a lot of fun. So that's in the spoiler wall. It's hard to say anything else again without spoilers. I want to keep the spoiler wall as spoiler-free as possible. So if you haven't seen the episode, you're worried about spoilers, now's your time to stop. Come back and listen later. Everyone else, we're moving on to two cents. And just immediately, like I said, this is the most character-focused episode yet. And not just in the way of introducing new characters like we've had for so much this season, like we had with Ahsoka or like we had with Boba Fett or the Dark Troopers or anything. It's not just an introduction of more individuals. In fact, there's nobody new in this episode, really. It's just a very personal progression of specifically two individuals. The first is The Believer, which is the title of the episode. And The Believer really is Mayfield. I mean, if you think something differently, let me know. But the progression that Mayfield had as a character was very, very touching. I did not expect to see that from him. When he, I saw him being hinted at being involved at the end of the last episode, I was not excited for him. I didn't really like him. I mean, you're not supposed to like him. It, it's not because he's a bad character or, or poorly written. It's because of how he was written and the type of character is I didn't like him in the last episode. So I wasn't super excited for him to come back. And he does, and it's touching. And it's really because of Bill Burr, the actor. He excels at the comedy and the moments of emotion. Like moments from just making wisecracking jokes and like kind of side comments and things that I just thought were hilarious to really intense moments of strong like PTSD from somebody who's been involved in a war to a moment where he says like, oh yeah, you saw that at the end? And kind of the recognition of the choice he made, even the way he talks about the empire and the perspective he has on life because of what he's been through. There's just a lot of good stuff in there that honestly did not need to be there. But having it in there makes the episode that much better. And like I said, whether it was the funny jokes and wit that he had or those touching moments of great acting, but also just emotion added to a character that I didn't expect, every single time I just thought, wow, I really like this. I'm glad this is in here. It's making me enjoy this specific episode and having that much more positive um, reaction to it just because it's there. And also, he's just hilarious. He had me laughing a lot. But the other character this really focuses on, probably the biggest steps we see is with Din or Mando. And like I guessed, he chooses to remove his helmet. This was not at all the way that I guessed it to happen. I thought it was going to be a more intense, extended thing. But it's kind of hinted at with the beginning of the episode. And it's, it happens. He chooses to take off his helmet for Grogu. And... If I'm being totally honest, it it wasn't as impactful as I expected because of, of kind of the tension that they created. You know, the the worry, the anxiety, oh, they're going to get caught, something bad's going to happen, kind of took away from the emotional moment of, oh my gosh, Din's choosing to take off his helmet for Grogu. So that is maybe my one gripe about the episode. But anyway, that moment, Pedro Pascal nailed 
the physical acting and just a motion of extreme discomfort with this out, out of his helmet, almost awkwardness. It, great, great acting in that moment. Um, but he's doing all that. He's doing it all for the little green guy. It's just a great scene and great progression of Din and his commitment to save Grogu. Like I've said before, the relationship between the two of them is the most endearing thing of the show. And of course, it's progressing as the season goes on. It's so much less of just two individuals and it's really becoming a father-son relationship. And I did not expect that from Din. I did not expect to see the character of Din have so much heart and have such a change of heart. I kind of expect him to continue to just be kind of a a bounty hunting cowboy out in space. And it's it's touching to see him be something more than that. Uh, even at the end, when he he's quotes Moff Gideon from the season finale of last season, and he, he says, you have something I want. You may think you have some idea of what you're in possession of, but you do not. Soon he will be back with me. He means more to me than you will ever know. And I could not believe that more than I do at the end of this episode. You, I felt it. I felt the care he has for Grogu. And it's a true statement. Caring for a child is more than anyone can understand. I mean, at least so people told me. I don't have a child. But I'll, I'll show you again aside. Din cares for Grogu. And caring for a child will always mean more than wanting something for power and for gain. So Mando has a better cause here. And he means it when he says he'll mean more to me than you will ever know. It's just a touching moment. And that is not something that we would have seen from Din any earlier than this. And the progression and all that he's been through to go here and the, the connection he has with Grogu is my favorite part. Um, and it's really starting to show through more. It used to kind of just be two individuals together and, and, and Baby Yoda just happened to be there and to be so adorable as Din was on his mission. But now it's the two of them. And it's not just Din towards Grogu. It's Grogu towards him. They're, they're tied together. And it's very touching. I love it. On top of all that, the episode's just great. We get some great physical, act- physical acting again, especially with the humor. I thought it was great. It's actually a, a funny, funny episode. It, it handled all the emotions from humor and kind of wittiness and lightheartedness. And Mayfield, the character Mayfield, just had me laughing a lot. <laughs> he was so witty. He, in the physical acting when they're driving the juggernaut thing and they're talking about the suit and he's like well how, how is it and he waves his hand up and down it was just great um, we also got a sar- seismic charge oh my gosh when that happened at the end of the episode when they were flying up and the TIE fighters were chasing him I was like oh he's gonna pull some crazy maneuver and shoot him and like I don't know some cool dog fight And I was like, well, it'd be pretty cool if he just dropped a seismic charge. And then he did. And as soon as it showed up, I I was so excited. And when it dropped, I was just waiting. I was like, here comes the sound. Here's going to. And then it happened. And it was just just awesome. And it was exciting. And it got me really worked up in a positive way. And it was just fun. It made me happy. And I really enjoyed it. Um, But yeah, that's uh, the two cents. Let's move on to binge points here. And first, let's talk about how awesome Boba Fett looks in his new armor. He painted it. He looks great. Like, he looks... That armor's awesome. It's a ton of fun. Other things that I was so stressed about last episode. Din has his jetpack back. It's not gone. He didn't need it this episode. But at the beginning, when they go to pick up Mayfield, he's got it back. So, whew. I was genuinely worried about that. That it was just gone forever. But he's got it. Uh, other things. The inside of Slave 1 is great. The detail of how it rotates and how spacious it is is 
Really cool. I've never seen a ship design like that before, and it's exciting to get a little more insight into that cool ship. There's also some just some great references, and again, humor when Boba Fett. It like, oh, can you go? And he's like, let's just say they may recognize my face because he's a clone. <laughs> They're gonna know who's the clone is. I. It like took a second for me to get. I was like, what? What is he saying that? And I was like, oh, they literally his face, and it, it <laughs> took a second for it to click with me. But one day it was funny, and I just. I thought it was hilarious. But also, the more I thought about it, also kind of adds some more insight into why he wears a helmet in certain situations. He may not have a creed like Din does of why he always keeps it on because it's the way. But there's a, a logistical and not logistical, uh, legitimate, that's the word I was searching for, reason why he wears a helmet is because his face literally was everywhere during the Clone Wars. And I don't know what that would mean to certain individuals. So it's smart to kind of protect your identity. Other random binge points, the juggernaut vehicle that they drive, that would be a great toy. Now is just, I imagine, a great time to be a kid who loves Star Wars, playing with Star Wars toys. As soon as I saw the juggernaut, I was like, man, I wish I had that thing to drive around, how the door, doors opening. That was the coolest design I've seen on a door, having the window kind of go up and the bottom half come down, a ladder swing down. That was so cool. Totally unnecessary, but it was cool. Uh, also, other thing in the juggernaut, the communicator radio thing, the black thing, you guys know what I'm talking about. It's the same thing that Han shoots in A New Hope when he's like, eh, boring conversation anyway, <laughs> which just seeing it, seeing that it was there, the attention to detail to just include that is just a love for Star Wars that I have and seeing the people who are making Star Wars also have that is just great. Uh, again, the physical acting is awesome, especially the fight scene and the humor involved in it when the pirates are jumping onto the juggernaut. And Mayfield freaking out because he's shooting a blaster near the Rhydonium or whatever it's called. To the way Mando looks at his blaster when it runs out. And it's great because the music cuts perfectly. Just immediately stops. It goes from like epic action music to just, just stops. And then it plays again right as he throws the gun. And like the acting of him throwing the gun was just, it was great. It was hilarious. Uh, and also, we got to see how good of a fighter Mando is, even without all his gadgets. You know, he's in some stupid stormtrooper armor, and he's kicking butt. Those pirates don't stand a chance against him, and it was great. It was a good uh, set piece. It was a good action set piece, a good location. I have it on top of a moving vehicle that you can't drive too fast. It was a good setup and payoff and all those things. Just well-directed action. It, I liked it. Um, other things here. Let's see. Just read my notes here. I got so excited that I went out of order, so now I got to catch up. Okay. Other is significant attention to detail. Like I said in the spoiler wall, this was one of those moments when it happened. Just immediately made me appreciate what I was seeing that much more. It was already an epic scene when they when uh, Mayfield shoots the commanding officer and then the, the fight breaks out <laughs> the way he looks at the stormtrooper who's holding his tray and then whips his blaster at him. It, that was hilarious. Um, but that action scene starts and they go out on the, the ledge there and then they're heading up to the roof. It, it was just already so great. And we got Fennec and uh, Cara Dune, Marshall Dune sniping on the ledge. That was so sweet. But when they are scoped in, when it, it's through their scope and they shoot, and it takes a minute for the laser, the blaster beam, to get there. Just the little delay was such an accurate depiction of shooting from long range. And when it happened, I was like, oh, that was, it was so accurate. That was, I don't know. And, the, and the, how 
real and, and tactile it looked was just awesome. I really loved that. Just cool to see. Made me appreciate it more. The other moment that we've just got to talk about is the TIE fighter showing up. I've never been excited to see a TIE fighter in Star Wars, but I was. And the cheerful music was playing. I mean, great cheerful music at that too, but the cheerful music was playing. We see all these people who later end up dying, but they're all excited. They achieve something. Their success and cheerful music's playing. It's like all, the same type of celebration we would see for our heroes in a typical story. We never see that for the bad guys. And it was more of one of those grayer moments that had my insides all twisted up and I really wasn't confused how, confused how I should be feeling. You know, am, am I supposed to be feeling empathy and compassion and care and consideration for these individuals? Because I definitely was. And I was like, oh, you know, maybe something's going to go here. And, and then they become total garbage people and really are just working to cause genocide. So then we realize, you know, <laughs> where we should align ourselves. It's definitely not with Empire. But it was just, a, again, one of those things that did not need to be in there to have the story happen the way it did. You know, in the, in the plot, in, in theme, in progression, it, it is not necessary to have that moment where our insides get all twisted up because we're confused of what should we be feeling because we're seeing the bad guys celebrate and feel successful and cheerful music's playing, which we never see. But whether it was trying to send a message that just went over my head because my insides were too twisted up or it's part of some character development or something, it, it doesn't feel like it's necessary to any of those things, but it's just there. And just having it be there, I don't have a reason why that means so much to me, but it does just seem that. I don't know what it means, but I'm going to probably remember that moment for a long time, probably because of how confused I am with how I'm trying to feel about it and what I think I should feel about it versus what the, the film is causing me to feel about it. I don't know, just, just quality direction, quality understanding of television and filmmaking and that format and that medium being used artistically. I just really enjoyed and again, didn't need to be there, but thinking about it more and more, even right now, I just, I'm just impressed. And it makes me appreciate this series and this specific episode that much more. But that's the end of the binge points. But before we jump on to the hypothesis, this episode didn't really have much. It was mainly, like I said, a really character-focused episode. The progression of Din and even the progression of Mayfield. And also just getting us closer to that season finale. It was a great episode, but there wasn't a lot of name drops and a lot of character introductions or, or things for me to explain like I have the last few episodes. So the one thing that I can kind of dig into and get the history book out is Operation Cinder. And what is that? That's what they toast to, what starts the conversation with that commanding officer with Mayfield. that He, he says he's going to toast him. He's like, there's a man who knows his history. And like you said, burning Khan and how he's there. So... Operation Cinder largely was a part of the Battlefront 2 campaign. And it was a plan, a, a contingency plan set up by Emperor Palpatine in the event of his death. So when we, in, with the Battle of Endor during Return of the Jedi, the Emperor dies, or supposedly. Sequels change that. He's dead. And so the Empire is acting out this contingency plan in essence, that the enemies of the Empire should not outlive that of the Emperor. And so they have these satellites that are over these planets that cause 
a lot of climate disruption and destruction. So in essence, the individuals on this world who are sympathetic to the rebellion are destroyed by Mother Nature because of these satellites affecting that. And Burnin Khan was just one of those planets that was caused by that. So pretty simple thing. Not a lot to explain, but there you go. That's what it was. Just the Empire being disgusting, being the, the garbage people that they are. You know, kind of on brand for them. But, you know, that's why we love to hate the Empire. So, yeah, that's what that is. On to the next segment, a more positive, more light one. And that's hypothesize with Harrison. But really, what is there to hypothesize at this point about? What could be said has already been said, especially last episode. I just really went into it. Even though the episode totally hinted at that we weren't going to get the Jedi, that we were going back from Mayfield, we were going to spring him out. I just really went into that spoiler or not spoiler, that hypothesis. So hopefully a Jedi does show up that Grogu reached out to through the Force. But I feel like it's getting to the point where there, that is way too much to cram into one last episode. Um, what I think is going to happen is there's just going to be an awesome team up against Moff Gideon and his Dark Troopers. Hopefully Ahsoka shows up. I'm not sure. But seeing her in that end battle with her white sabers against the dark saber would be cool. But even better than that, honestly, would be Din with his Beskar Pike battling the dark saber. Hopefully just a combination of both. That'd just be sweet. Um, there's only one episode left, though. No matter what happens, even if it's no Jedi shows up, but they just go to get Ahsoka and just battle Moff Gideon to get Grogu, that's a lot to pack into one episode. Even if they make it one hour, that's still a lot to cram in an episode. I mean, we still need to find Moff Gideon. We still need to have the season finale battle. We still need to save Grogu. There's got to be some self-sacrifice in there some way because it's the season finale. And trying to cram some Jedi showing up in there just does not fit the tone that this entire season has been going through of, of balance and moderation. And I just don't think that it fits. So, yeah. We're going to see what happens. There's one episode left, and I know that they're just not smart enough to sh- shove it in there. Maybe we're going to get some in some ideas of Grogu and the Jedi. Maybe we're going to get just like a teaser hook with the Force. You know, it's going to hook us all for the next season that's a whole year later. I mean, it's just going to be interesting. It's going to be an epic battle, big conclusion, and there's going to be some hook for season three, which I think is going to be the Jedi that... Grogu found in the force. Um, I was going to have a hypothesis about Boba Fett becoming the Mandalore, the leader of Mandalorian, and kind of restoring that with a Darksaber and Din abandoning his creed to Death Watch so that he can be the best father in the galaxy to Grogu. Maybe we'll get a little bit more of the history of Mandalore, but again, that still feels like too much to fit into the last episode. Maybe hints at it. Maybe just towards the end of the episode, Boba Fett will pick up the Darksaber, and those of us who know what it means will appreciate it, but they're not going to you know, explain it to everyone until next season. Um, but even that, it's, there's one episode. Even if it's an hour long, that's just a lot to put in there. Um, it, there's a lot of many, so many ways it can host. But if, if I have to take a stance about what I really think is going to happen, this is it. They're going to get Ahsoka. Mainly because I want to see that. But they're going to go get Ahsoka. Then they're going to go off of Moff Gideon. They're going to start to have 
like sleuthing around wherever they are, whether it's on the ground or in the ship, they're going to try and be secretive and get in and get out. And it's going to go bad. Someone's going to get caught and the big battle is going to start out and they get towards Moff Gideon and they're starting to win. So Moff Gideon calls in his dark troopers and then this epic battle breaks out and it's going to lead to a critical moment where self-sacrifice is, is needed. Someone's going to have to sacrifice themselves. My guess is either Boba Fett or Fennec Shand. The reason I guess Boba Fett is because, and the, this is actually what I hope, as much as I love seeing Boba Fett and I don't want him to leave, I just think this would, again, be a very powerful character moment for a lot of individuals. But there's going to be a moment where Din is going to choose to sacrifice himself so that the others can escape with Grogu. Boba Fett is going to recognize that and is going to choose instead to sacrifice himself so that Din can save Grogu and that he can be a father to him because Boba Fett knows what it's like to need a dad. I just think that would be a really touching and powerful moment for both Boba Fett and Din and Grogu. I would love that. There's going to be a self-sacrifice in there somewhere. Let's make it more meaningful than sacrifice already, self-sacrifice already is. The other option, Fennec, is just the process of elimination. It's not Cardoon because she's getting her own spinoff series we heard about. It's not going to be Din because he's the Mandalorian. It's not going to be Grogu. It's not going to be Ahsoka. She's getting her own spinoff. It's not going to be... Wait, that's, all, that's it. That's who's left. Yeah. Those are options. Boba Fett or Fennec. You know, and I was leaning towards more Fennec because I thought, oh, Boba Fett, you know, they're going to do something with him. People love Boba Fett that he's back. They're not going to take him out that quickly. But maybe they are going to because it would be that much better. You know, not even that we have to see him die on screen, but just like, you know, holding him off while they run off. And then in the future, we can see that he survives again. I don't know. I'd be fine with that. I just, I think the moment of him making the choice to have that sacrifice kind of not be a selfish bounty hunter anymore to allow someone to be a father to someone would be really, really great. Uh, But either way, they're going to go save Grogu and be on their way. And yay, it's the end. And if Boba Fett isn't dead, if he's still alive, I think they're either all going to fly off and slave one or Mando's going to find his own ship and he's going to blast off on his own. If Mando does die, or excuse me, if Boba Fett does die, Mando's going to get slave one, which would be cool. That'd be epic. So I'd be happy with that. And Moff Gideon's going to die, and then we're going to get a tease of a Jedi coming for next season. Hopefully, just like a little purple, purple lightsaber on screen. That'd be cool. But besides any of that, it really could go anywhere. I'm hoping for that purple lightsaber at the end. And now that I talked about it, recorded in the podcast, as sad as I am to say this, I'm hoping that we do get to see the character development in Boba and in, in that self-sacrifice moment I described above. But we'll see. I could be totally wrong and I could be totally right. We're going to see what happens. I could be halfway right, like I was with this episode and the way that Mando did have to remove his helmet. But either way, I appreciate you guys listening. I appreciate you being here. It's exciting to get this episode out this early. Hopefully you guys enjoy it. Appreciate you being here along for the ride. Very, very soon, there's going to be a new monthly update episode coming out. There's, there's a lot to talk about. Uh, that's why it keeps getting delayed. It's more and more things keep ha- <laughs> happening that I want to be able to include. But that's on the way. Subscribe if you're new here. Appreciate you being here. Appreciate you downloading. Review me on Podchaser or Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast. Share the podcast. Connect on social media. All the things in the links. Um, but it would mean a lot to me if you left a review on Podchaser. That helps the show out a lot. Helps other people find it. So, as always, thanks for listening. This is Harrison Johnson from The Basement Binge. This is your Mano Mini. That's all for now. Ciao, ciao.
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.